0: Wasn't that a blessing? How many of you have been encouraged by the music so far? it a blessing, hadn't it? It's good to see all of you here. If you're visiting with us, Miss Alana's parents are here. They they get the probably the longest or the farthest traveling visitor here. They came all the way from North Carolina. We're glad you are here. Amen. And I told them we love their daughter, and, and I guess we've got to love her husband. Amen? <laughs> and uh, and uh, we appreciate all of you being here. I just... Uh, appreciate all of you that are here, and I appreciate all of you that are watching online. I've asked if you would, if you have your Bibles with you, to follow along. We're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this morning. And uh, before we start, I want to just mention a couple of things. I want to mention uh, the the camp uh, we've been talking to you, we want to have a junior age camp slash teen camp on July the 17th through the 21st. I've asked you to be praying about that. Who would be willing to take some time and help us at that camp? It's up at Sand Mountain, and we've talked about it. We need to be recruiting some teens and children for that. We're going to probably set it from 10 age and up, and that will be July the 17th through the 21st. We'll be bringing a calendar. We'll be handing out our calendar on uh, January the 29th. Also, we'll be having our... Normal, regular, annual uh, meeting, business meeting that night. And so you don't want to miss the 29th, the very last Sunday this month. I'll be dealing with a lot of just personal things, a lot of things just for the year. And so you don't want to miss the 29th. And I know I've kind of put the Edwards on the spot, but we should have a video also to kind of recap the year on the 29th. So you don't want to miss that. I do want to make another announcement, a couple of announcements. Number one, Brother Edgy needs to meet with all the teens' parents tonight, the teenagers and the parents tonight. They'd like to plan a trip in April. It's, a very, you know, it's going to be a great trip. Hopefully your young people can be a part of it. And it's the museum, the Ark up in Ohio. It might be Kentucky, isn't it? It's right there. It's Kentucky. It's right there close to Ohio, though, isn't it? Yep. And so uh, I, figured, I figured if we had anybody that knew exactly that where it was, we would get corrected on that. Amen. And uh, But nonetheless, uh, it's up in Kentucky, and uh, it's going to be a great trip. So parents, meet with them tonight, and uh, that would be great. So don't let me for, don't, don't forget that tonight. Also, I want to make a couple of announcements. Brother um, Tony Hicks is working out of town, and it has caused them not to be able to be here on Wednesday night, obviously. And uh, we're praying for them. We miss them. I was able to speak with Vicky the other day by way of text. But I uh, want everyone to know, the Wednesday night, we're going to put Brother Jim Beeler over that for now. And so uh, he's been doing this a long, long, long time. And so I just wanted to announce that and make sure everybody knows if there's anything that needs to be um, go to anyone over there. It's Brother Jim. He's been over there taking care of that for a long time anyway. So I just wanted to announce that. We'll talk more about all of this later. And I, I would like to have some meetings with some of the workers and all of that. And we'll deal with that a little bit later on in the month. All right? How many of you got your Bible turned to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? We're going to look at this passage of scripture, but I I told you last week I want to start a series of of messages on the the, the greatest words in the Bible. And so last week we just simply used, I believe, God's favorite word and we just preached the whole time on the word come, Uh, God's favorite word come. We dealt with that. I want to spend, I don't know, it might be a couple of months on Sunday morning, I want to just deal with one word. So this is a word study, uh, this is an a absolute, just a, a topical message, and uh, we're going to look at several scriptures throughout the Bible, but we want to just deal with this one word today. And I just feel led to do this, and I'm praying that God will use it in all of our lives and all of our hearts. We're going to find this word in this passage of scripture. And we're going to look at this word today, the sweetest and bitterest word. The sweetest and bitterest word. Let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's begin reading with verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory. What I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Now here's what's beautiful. He is giving the gospel right here. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. How many of you glad he died for your sins? Then look at verse 4. And that he was buried... And that he rose again the third day, notice this, according to the scriptures. Now, there's nothing more powerful than that. That's the gospel. That's why we can be saved. That's why we can have hope today. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the scripture, died for our sins. Then he was buried. Then he rose again the third day. Verse 5, and that he was seen of Cephas and of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until this present, but some are fallen asleep. In other words, they've died since then. The Bible says in verse 7, After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me. Now this is the Apostle Paul speaking here under the inspiration of God. Also as of one born out of new time. Now think of this. This is the Apostle Paul probably the greatest missionary of all time. Here's his estimation of himself. But I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God. How many of y'all glad and thankful for the grace of God? I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so ye believe. Amen. I want to look at this one word, but before I give you the word, I want you to think about it a little bit. And by way of introduction, I want you to notice this morning, this is uh, the gospel. We all have hope here this morning because God loved us while we were yet sinners. God provided a way for us even though we were yet sinners. And by the way, Jesus Christ paid for your sin and my sin and the sin debt of the whole world. Isn't that good news? And I'm so very thankful that he paid for my sins and I am an old, vile sinner. I am the weakest of weak. I am, look, old, wretched man that I am. But I'm so glad one day I lived in a home where my parents knew the gospel. And I'm so glad that I was taken to a church where I heard the gospel. And I'm so glad as a young boy I got saved because of the gospel. And by the way, many times since then I think back of that day. We're going to talk about that today. But I want to look at the sweetest and the most bitterest word. We're going to find it here in the passage of Scripture. How can a word be both bitter and sweet? Well, I think once we look at this word that we find here in this passage, we're going to find that no doubt it can be bitter. Yes, it can be sweet. What is the word that is a well-stored library of the mind? What is the word that makes the joys of childhood to live again. What is the word often in times of loneliness brings joy? What is the word that restores the blessedness that we knew when we first trusted Christ? What is the word that brings laughter in times of struggle? What is the word that rekindles the fire of affection and reunites hearts separated by death? What is the word that cheers the sleepless nights? What is that same word that makes sin a fact and hell a real possibility? What is the word that also can cloud the brightest day? What is this same word that can poison the sweetness of life? What is the word that can be the soul's judge and jailer? What is also this word that keeps the soul from returning to lost gardens of peace and happiness? What is the word that brings shame? What's the word that brings regret? What's the word that brings life to an unhappy standstill? Yes, there's power in this word. Because yes, it can create the most sweetness of life but it also can, sweet, can create the greatest bitterness of life. And this word's memory. Look at verse number two. The Bible says, By which also you are saved if you keep in memory. I want us all to focus in this morning on that one word. That one word, memory. That word, word, memory, by which also you're saved if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. In other words, the Bible says if we believe in the gospel and we do not believe that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, then our faith is vain. You know what that means? It's empty. Now I don't know of one soul, I don't know of one Christian that has never doubted their salvation. We all go through doubts. We all go through things of life. But here's what's beautiful about this passage of Scripture. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I've preached. Think about this. I don't know about you, but as a boy, I used to doubt my salvation. I've I, not always felt saved. Have you all always felt saved? If you've always felt saved, would you, would you shout Amen. We don't always feel saved. I mean, we realize who we are. We're an old wretched sinner. But the Bible tells us that if we'll keep in memory the gospel, the powers in the gospel, the power is the day that I met Jesus Christ as my Savior. So the Bible tells us here by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you. You You know, God says a lot in the word of God about memory, about remembering. Second Peter chapter one, verse fifteen says this moreover i 'll endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance hebrews ten thirty two but call to remembrance the former days in which, after ye were illuminated ye endured a great fight, flight of afflictions, psalm seventy seven six I call to remembrance my song. In the night, I commune with my own heart, and my spirit may diligent search. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Yeah, I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle, in this old body. The Bible says to stir you up, putting you in remembrance. Psalm 97, 12. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Surely he shall not be moved forever. Psalm 112.6, the righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. 2 Peter 1:12, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. And be established in the present truth. Here's a great truth about why. You say, well, pastor, why do I always come to church? I hear the same things all the time. Well, you need to be put in remembrance of these things, although you know them already. What is the greatest educational tool? What is that? It's review. It's continuing to make people remember what they've learned. How many of you uh, can remember how to find that X in algebra? Amen. Can somebody say amen? I'm still looking for that X. But man, when I was in high school, I knew all those little principles. Why? Because every day in school you would review and you would review. Why? Because even humanity tells us that memory is the greatest teacher. We understand that it's the greatest education by stirring up what we have learned. We just simply forget things. So God says we're to stir these things up. 2 Timothy 1.3 says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. 2 Timothy 1, 6, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Think of this, putting of memory. Uh, We're going to talk about this, but I want us to dwell on this word memory this morning. I want to just talk to you about three little things about memory. Number one, I want you to think about this. Let us dwell this morning on the sweet side of memory. The sweet side of memory. The Bible says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Stir that up. Why? By, by remembering this gift. By remembering. We've read all of these verses. It said, uh, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. 2 Timothy one three says, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayer night and day. Most of the verses that I read, all of them had to do with the sweet Side of memory. Think about it. What is the word that makes the joys of childhood to come to life again? Let me just get a little bit uh, sentimental with you. I'm a very sentimental person. I don't know if you're a man and you're that way, but I'm very sentimental. I, I, I love to think back about my childhood. I think about special days. I think about special events. And although time might have marred every little detail in that I am so thankful that we have memory because the God even tells us that we will remember certain things. And let me just give you a few things this morning. If we're going to dwell on this sweet side of memory, think about this. How about we uh, think and put it in remembrance of the godly people before us? Think about the godly influences in our lives. I know many of you were touched and and, and, and encouraged by the godly influence of of maybe a preacher or a Sunday school teacher or maybe a mother or a father or a grandmother or a grandfather. And many times we live in this fast-paced world and we forget to remember the, the great blessings of the influence of others. Uh, Brother Jimmy and Brother Jim and Brother Milford, we had a meeting the other night, and I thought this, I don't think Brother Jimmy would mind, but uh, he said he was sitting back there in the back, he was just kind of looking over the congregation, and he was looking around, and, and, and you think about the old, old school of this church, praise the Lord, when you think about Tiftonia Baptist Church, many of them are in heaven. I thought about this last week when I even said, how many of you were here when I fell off the platform? There was very few. There's very few. Most of the people that raise their hand, they're new. They wasn't here 11 years ago, 12 years ago. By the way, Miss Janine, good to see you. Been praying for you. And when you look around, and Brother Jimmy said, I'll be honest, I got just a little emotional. I looked up there and I seen Brother Milford White. And when you think about Tiptonia Baptist Church, for the last 40 some years, it's always had Milford White a part of it. And what was he saying? He was saying that the influence and the memory of godly men and godly women in this church has been a blessing to him. How many of you was led to the Lord by someone in this church because of the influence of this church? Would you raise your hand? Look here. Are they still alive? Then you ought to be thankful for them and you ought to put them in memory because they are the ones that helped you to find Christ and to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the godly people before us that has influenced our lives. Praying, a praying father, maybe a praying mother. My father and mother are not here this morning. My father's been sick for some time and uh, he's doing all right. He's just got a bad cough, he's got congestion. I think about my mother I've said this before but I thank God I had a godly mother everywhere I go when someone says someone I was speaking to on the phone the other day someone says I'm going to tell you right now your mother I'm telling you what she's one of a kind truth that's truth there's no doubt about it and uh, I'm thankful growing up and and I can remember going down the steps, and I remember mom for years had that little old piece of paper, it was a prayer sheet. And I mean that thing was wore all to pieces. It had tears on it, it had tear stains, it was crinkled up. But man, I can remember walking out as a little boy, and she'd be down on her knees on that chair praying. I could hear her praying with the power in her voice and the and the burden in her voice. And I want to just say, Thank God for those memories. And with that being said, we ought to have some more mothers like that today. That will get up early and will burden their children in prayer. We do a lot of griping. We do a lot of complaining. But what does that do? That ought to to motivate us ladies. The greatest power you have, the greatest influence you have is your children. And as a little boy, I really did not understand the effect of all of that when I walked down those steps. But I'm going to be honest with you, I've looked through the antiquity of my life and I don't believe I could ever run away from my mother's prayers. You know that song that Kyla Rowland's son, she wrote years ago, and it's called The Wall of Prayer. And one of her children ran away from God and got away and was living an awful life. And he came back to the Lord and they asked him one day, he said, what in the world happened? And he said, well, I'm just going to be honest with you. I could just never get across that wall of prayer that my mom prayed over me. The influence of a godly mother, maybe the influence of a godly father. Let me just preach to men just a minute. When we think about other great men in the past that's influenced our lives, what are you? What are you? What am I? Am I that kind of man that someone might, when they go by the gravestone and they look at my dash? Mark Brandon on his graveside and there's that dash. Can they say when Mark Brandon is gone and no longer here, can they say my life was influenced by him? But let's put your name there, gentlemen. Can someone say my life has been blessed, has been enriched because of my life? The influence of godly people, it ought to to, absolutely strike up our memory and we ought to be thankful. Think about this. What about our memory and how God leads our life? Have you ever looked back over your life and see how God has protected you? You ever look back over your life and think, man, I didn't understand those, all those little details at that moment, what God was doing, but now you're looking back and you're saying, man, look how God just so eloquently, so detailed led my life. By the way, y'all know there's no coincidences with God, right? God's leading, God's guiding. What about this? What about God's blessing in our lives? Oh, I know, I know. And by the way, I'm guilty. I know we like to sit around and think about everything that's bad. It's very easy for us to do that. We, we want to go back in our memory and want to think about things that are bad. But I'm, I'm encouraging you this morning to dwell on the sweet side of this sweet word. What about the blessings in your life? What about the blessings? How about one here? How about the day you got saved? You remember that day? How many of you remember that day? Wasn't that a day? You know what? The Bible tells us we ought to put in remembrance these things. I go back often. You say, well, Pastor Mark, why do you go back to that day when your mom led you Lord on the... On the, ha- on the couch, because it makes me happy. <laughs> Why don't we sit around and think about everything that makes us sad? And by the way, I'm preaching to me right now. Why don't we sit around and think about, Woo, here's the day I got saved. Would y'all like to hear again one more time how I got saved? How many of y'all think y'all could tell how I got saved? Would you ra- how many think you've heard it so much you think you could tell the story? Would you raise your hand? So I take y'all don't want to hear it again. That's the most action I've had from y'all in years. <laughs> please, please, we don't heard it. But you know what? You know what was so set aside about Brother Paul? That's what happened, with Brother Paul. When Paul came around, that's all they heard was how he got saved. By the way, can I ask y'all a question? Who can tell that you've said it so much because you've mem- memorized it so much? Who could tell and know all the details about your salvation? You say, Pastor Mark, why do you keep mentioning that all the time? Because I'm going to put that into remembrance. Because I'd rather dwell on that than the bitter side of memory. That was a good day in my life when my mother sat me down on that couch and I trusted Christ as my Savior. It was another good day when I was at a children's camp and got under conviction because I was doubting my salvation. And I thank God there was a counselor there that took me aside and just prayed with me, read some verses to me. Didn't confuse me, but just said, hey, listen, we want to make sure you nail this thing down. And to be honest with you, I didn't nail my salvation down to become a little older But I want you to know something. I know that I know that I got saved at five. Good day. How about God's blessing? Hey, how about the day we want to go back to our memory? How about you've had some times in your life where you know that God answered a prayer? You know what, that will help us to stir that up into memory. Why? Because right now you might be praying about something and you might have been praying about it for a long time and we have a tendency to get discouraged. But if you'll remember the days when God did answer prayer, it will help you to keep praying. Memory. See, it can be the sweet side of memory. But oh, I know, we we all like to dwell on the bitter side of memory. That one thing that happened 35 years ago that we just can't get over or that one thing. I, 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 I'm amazed at how many people in church, they get upset because of something so frivolous and they leave. And then they say, well, I'll tell you right now, 25 years ago, that preacher didn't shake my hand. And you say, Pastor, have you heard that? Yeah, I thought that was just a song. You know, y'all know that song, excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. And then in that, it's a little funny thing, said, and the preacher didn't take, uh, shake my hand. And I was at gravestone, never heard it in my life. I never heard it in my life. We went and visited the man. He hadn't been in church for a while. And so out of love, we went to him and said, hey, where have you been? And I, I thought, man, it did, this is true. This man sat in front of me. He said, well, I'm just, and he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to the pastor. He looked at the pastor and said, well, I'm just going to be honest. He said, last time I was there, which was like months, he said, Pastor, I walked right by you and you didn't shake my hand. Amen. Now, can I help everybody here just a second? Y'all do know sometimes we got to give grace to people because, you know, I have a feeling that not everybody that's in this building today is just happy, 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 happy. Sometimes our hearts are heavy. Sometimes our minds are on a lot of things. And so sometimes we got to give each other grace. Sometimes, believe it or not, we might just pass and not think to shake your hands. And then, you know, we've never heard that since COVID because we were told not to shake hands. I think we need to dwell on the sweet side of memory. Think about this. How about wonderful services? You ever just go back and think about wonderful services when? God is blessed, and you know that God has touched you and moved you. I, I'm, I'm going to share this. I, I, this is one where I know if ever in my life I knew the power of God was so thick in a building I, I could feel. I knew he was there. Years ago, he was closer to my sister. We grew up together. But Stephen Pilkington, we grew up together. We played football together. We went to church together. He was our preacher's son, and and preacher and, and Stephen passed at the age of 33, and you're talking about a very somber service. I mean, it was just tough, and they asked me to be a part of it. I was honored and thrilled to do it, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think about that service, and many times, many times, I know the only way That that service could be done the way it was done is the power of God. God did something miraculous in that service personally that I felt it. And I want you to know something. I think of it often. (laughs) I think of special services here when I know God has done something special. I think about when um, Philip Pearson got saved. That was one of the most special services we've ever had here. His mother came because she was amazed that he even darkened the door of the church. And I didn't know who she was. She grabbed me at the back of the church. She's like, now preacher. She said, I'm here today because I'm witnessing a miracle. And I'm like, what's that? She said, my son is here. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, I never dreamed he'd ever darken the door of a church. And lo and behold, when that service was over, down that aisle, he came and got saved. I want to tell you something right now. I think of services like that. I think about the sweet side of memory. We've got to think of the sweet side of memory. It's that God has got a hold of our lives. Can I give you a prescription? Will you turn quickly to Philippians chapter 4? Would you go there with me just for a moment? Philippians chapter 4. I I want to give you a prescription. We talk about memory. How does God help us to dwell on the sweet side of memory? Now look, we all fail. But this is the goal. This is the guide. This is the prescription. Philippians chapter 4. Verse number 6, we'll begin reading there. And I want you to mark these verses because this is a prescription on how we can dwell on the sweet side of memory. Verse 6, be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here it is, here's the prescription, mark it. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, all right, mark it, true. Whatsoever things are honest, mark it. Whatsoever things are just, mark it. Whatsoever things are pure, mark it. Whatsoever things are lovely, underline it, mark it. Whatsoever things are good report, mark it, underline it, circle it. If there be any virtue, circle it. And if there be any praise, circle that. That's the prescription. You say, Pastor Mark, how do we dwell on the sweet side of memory? If it does not, if a thought or a memory comes up that is not lined up with this prescription, then get it out of there. You say, Oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I can't help what I think. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, I can. And the Bible says if it doesn't line up with just or holy or pure or true or lovely or of a good report. By the way, that's why sitting around just talking about people, talking about gossip is not a good thing. Because the Bible says if it's not of a good report, then you're not supposed to dwell on it. You know, years ago, um, that movie came out, The Passion of Christ. I heard so many people lamb blast that thing. I get it, people say, oh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But listen, on the good side of that, I was just glad, I mean, at least, at least people was talking about Jesus. Yep. I mean, we can find a good report in things. And that's what we ought to dwell on. I'm not being ugly, but you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not being ugly, but when, when, when screens first come out, oh my goodness, Lord, help us. We thought the Antichrist was going into the church. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my screams. Well, honestly, I mean, by the way, didn't Brother Hoover do a great job? But I'm going to be honest. Y'all know what I'm contemplating? I'm contemplating putting two screens up here. Y'all know why? So we can put the announcements up. And while I'm preaching, we can keep the theme up. Now, if you think that we're going to be so coordinated that they're going to be able to put my message and all the points on it, you're crazy. <laughs> I ain't doing that. Because <laughs> I might get up here on a Sunday morning and change my message, and that won't be any good. I don't like that. And by the way, we probably won't put the words of the song up. We could. Some people have trouble seeing. They might see it better here. But I like hymn books. I like hymn books. But I mean, oh, my goodness, okay, right now, we got screens in the church. And the next thing you know, but here's what I thought. Well, what if somebody came in and you had a screen in your church and they actually seen a, 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 an announcement that they wouldn't have known before? Oh, my goodness, that's awful. Are y'all with me? Amen. How about the good report of that stuff? All we want to do is sit around and focus on the bad stuff. Isn't that just like us? But Bible says that if it isn't of a good report, so by the way, if you have good news, then text that. Don't text the bad news. If it's of a good report, be thinking about the good things of people's lives, not just their failures. Good report. And by the way, we've got to train our minds to do this because it ain't always easy. And yes, I said ain't, I'm sorry. But this is the prescription. Now, if y'all was to get strep throat, that's some tough stuff. That's a bacterial infection. We've known it well in our life. Kaylee, she loved it. I think her diet was amoxicillin. Somebody say amen. She took it so much, she became immune to that stuff. They had to change her up on her. But I'm going to be honest. When Kaylee got it, and very quickly, it turned to Scarlatina with Kaylee. Very quickly. We normally didn't know she had it until she had the scarlet fever and she had a rash. But I say all of that, let's say that I sit there and I watched her have that, and I said, nope, 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 we're not going to go to the doctor. why don't you go to the doctor? Well, because when you go to the doctor, he's going to give her a prescription, and that prescription is going to make her feel better. (coughs) By the way, someone back in the 1880s, even early 1900s, if they got Strep throat, normally it was a death sentence because they didn't have any, they had not figured out penicillin would cure it. Well, how foolish would that be if our child or even ourselves would have a prescription to cure strep throat or or a bacterial infection and we not use it? Why in the world would we want to kill our minds and taint our lives and have a prescription and not use it? This is the prescription how we can dwell on the sweet side of memory. So let us dwell on the sweet side. Look, let me say this quickly. Number two, let us learn from the bitter side. Not dwell on it, but let us, let, us, let us learn from the bitter side of memory. See, mistakes have been made. But look, we can learn from those mistakes causing bitter memory. If we're not learning from that and all we want to do is just sit in there and wallow in it, we're going to just be bitter, but we need to learn from our bitter mistakes. We need to learn from this. Shame is felt, why? Because of memory. We need to learn from this. We don't need to just be shameful. We need to learn from that. Let's change it. I'll never forget, I'm using uh, Clay and Kaylee this morning, but when they were, uh, they were young, you know, children come home and they're treated unfairly. And by the way, your children are going to be treated unfairly. It's life. You can go around and fight all that for them if you want to, but to be honest, they'll learn from it too if you'll deal with it properly. And by the way, there's going to be people that's going to be showed favoritism and your child's not going to be it. It's going to happen. There's no doubt. And by the way, our children was like that. They were riding a van to school. And the mother had two or three of the children on the van and she was letting her children do things that she wouldn't let any others do. They were breaking the rules and no one else could break the rules. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of your children have ever come to you and say, I can't right now. It's just not fair. They get away with things I don't. And what's that do instantly for a parent? Oh, oh, oh. How dare them do my little one like that? And so we go down there and we crank and blow it all up and get mad and get our two cents in. But you know what? They come home, and I'm not saying we always did this right, but Clay and Kaylee come home like, I tell you what, it ain't fair. They get to do this. They get to do this. They get to do that. They get to do this. And the mother, the driver, just lets her do it. And here's what I thought. I said, you know what? It is unfair. I said, how's that make you feel? And they both said, it's it's awful. We don't like it. I said, well, then here, here learn from it then. Here, what? You're going to be a leader one day. You're going to be driving a van. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a mom. You're going to be a dad. You might be, in a, in, you might be driving a van with a bunch of children one day. And so you know how that makes you feel? Then don't ever do another child like that. Be fair. Be right. Be across the board. If you know how that made you feel, then don't you treat another child like that just because they're not yours. See, so you learn lessons from the bittersweet of memory if we'll just learn to learn from them. Oh, yeah, that could affect our children. Well, I tell you right now, I'm just not going to be in the ministry anymore because that woman that drove that man many years ago was just showed un- just wasn't, wasn't fair to me. How many times have I heard children say, well, I tell you right now, I don't go to church anymore because the meanest kids in church was the preacher kids. Well, the reason they got so mean is hanging around the deacons' kids. Amen. Amen. Come on now, if y'all can't laugh, something's wrong with you. I love our deacons, by the way, and all their kids are older than mine. I don't want you to think about that. No, this is a lesson, parents. How do you deal with the unfairness of your children? You go down there and take care of it? No, learn from it. They're going to be an adult. They're going to be a mom. They're going to be a dad. They're going to be a leader. They've been hurt, so they can learn from that hurt. Think about it. Let us dwell. Let us learn from the bitter side. Unforgiveness is felt because of memory. God help us. We need to learn from this. Unfairness is brought on by memory. We need to learn from this. Hey, regret is felt because of memory. We need to learn from this. We don't need to dwell on it. We need to learn from this. It should not get us, and by the way, in preaching to me here now. We're not to get in some melancholy state but to use to enjoy life from here on. We can't change the past. Can't change. I can't change my memory. And by the way, there's things I'll never forget. There's things you'll never forget. But if we'll just have a different view of that and learn from the bitter side of memory. Let us learn from the bitter side. Let us dwell on... The bright side, the sweet side, but then quickly as I close, let us remember right now we're making memories. Right now. Right now. Right now. I have been, and yes, I'm guilty. I have spent a lot of my life dwelling on the great times in the past, and I have failed to remember that we're making memories. Moms and dads, can I caution you a minute? There's different stages of life. The stages of life with your children. Now, I don't know about you. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the kind of person I am. I don't like change. I like for it to be the same. That's just me. So change for me is tough. I become an old grouch. Can I get a witness? Amen. Man, some of y'all really know me. That's true. That's true. I was really expecting to hear a lot right over here in this section and in the far back. But My sister's being exceptionally good this morning. I'm going to be honest with you, parents. You can help cause your children's memory to be sweet or bitter. I thought about this. Mr. Stone, I was with him the other day in the hospital, and, and Miss Sarah... She puts this stuff up on Facebook. And, you know, I, I haven't talked to her about it. But I'm going to be honest. I think one reason she does that is because she's got to help herself. She's got to help herself. Because really nobody knows exactly what her and Scotty felt when they were there on the first day and for all the months of watching their son not be able to talk on a ventilator, getting all this bad news over and over and over and over. And if they just sit and dwell on all of that, I'm going to tell you all right now, it can be bitter. Not only that, Stone's personality from here on out can be affected by the way their mom and dad and the whole family deals with it. It can either be poor stone or blessed stone. And by the way, God's allowed it. And it's like certain things, even in our own family. We have children, we have people that are they're, they're given a blow, they're given things that we might not have wanted them to give, but the way you handle those things makes a difference. So I want to caution every mom and dad here a minute. Be careful how you develop your children's memory. Stop dwelling on the bitter side and learn from it. Dwell on the sweet side your children's life. Can I say this? Children and teenagers, I spoke to the teens this morning downstairs. Thankful that I had the few moments to do it. Can I talk to the children and the teenagers just a minute? And I'm going to probably close right here. I told the teens today, I don't know what every child and teenager goes through today. I will say this. I know the world in which we live in today is totally different than when I was being raised. I can't imagine what some of you have had to deal with. And here's the society in which we live in. They say, all right now, your home life's just not quite what it should be, and maybe you wasn't treated fairly in this, and so what we do is we give people excuses to live the same way. I say to every young person here, you say, Pastor Mark, you don't understand, my home life's not ideal. It's okay. Let it motivate you when you get older to have the right kind. Don't allow your memory to get you to a place of where you say, "Oh, my past memories, they were so bad that I'm just going to live a defeated life." No, allow it. remember, you're making memories now. The decisions you make now are going to affect your future. Don't allow something that you can't change in your past affect your future. Can I say this as I close? You're here this morning and you're an unbeliever. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I don't know the Lord. Do you know what the devil would love to do for you? I'm going to tell you what he'd love to do. He's going to bring up every sin, every dark thing, every skeleton in your closet. And you know what he's going to try to tell you? And you know what your flesh is going to tell you? I'm not worthy to be saved. You're right. You aren't. Neither am I. But God didn't come to save good people. He came to save bad people. And we all are. We're all sinners. But if we're not careful, we'll let our memories of what we've done in the past keep us from realizing that He loves us right now. And He will save us right now. And He will change your future where you don't have to let the past define it anymore. Memory. The sweetest, yes, but also can be the most bitterest you know what determines that? You and me. If we sit and dwell on the bitter side and not learn from it, it's going to become bitter. If we allow our past failures, our past, past hurts define our future, we're going to be bitter. But if we will allow our memory to dwell on the sweet side, we will learn from the bitter side and realize we're making memories now. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the difference in lives that we will make and we will have influence on other people? Who wants to be around an old bitter, bitter somebody? And I'm going to tell you all something. We can get there before you know it. Even a Christian. So let us dwell on the sweet side of memory. Amen? Let us learn from the bitter, and let us realize right now, we're making memories right now. We are influencing people's lives right now. If you're here this morning you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I pray, I pray you will be honest. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, He loves you, He died to save you, He raised from the dead to give you victory. You say, Pastor, how do I mean it? By faith. The Holy Spirit of God will convict you of your sin, and when that takes place, you'll have a yearning in your heart. You'll have a yearning. I mean a yearning. There'll be an unsettledness there. The Holy Spirit's working on you and saying, you know what, you need to be saved. Come to me today. The Lord Jesus Christ invites you today to trust Him as your Savior. And He can help you with all of your bitterness in the past and make your future so very sweet. How many of y'all believe that? So, where are you at today? Let's stand to our feet with head bowed, eyes closed this morning. Just one word. We focused on one word this morning bitterness, memory. One word, memory. Sweet or bitter? Are we living and dwelling on the sweet side? Have we learned from the bitter side? Realize we're making memories now. Can I ask a question with head bowed and eyes closed? How many of you have the tendency to dwell on the bitter side? Be honest now. You know that? God help us. I'm going to ask you, if the Lord has spoke to your heart, why don't you come around an old-fashioned altar this morning and just ask God to help you to dwell on the sweet side but learn from the bitter side. Can I ask this question this morning? You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here and I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. Yes, it is true. I don't think I deserve it. It's okay. You don't, but God loves you anyway. <laughs> None of us deserve it. That's why it came. So we, not, we might know the joy. Of salvation you say Pastor Mark that's me would you pray for me I don't know for sure if I die I'm going to heaven would you just slip your hand up where I can see is there anyone like that this morning anyone like that we got a young man here we'll have someone talk with him here in just a bit we've talked with him before I want to make sure I don't want to confuse him is there anyone else you say Pastor Mark don't know for sure if I die I'm going to heaven Can I ask this? How many of you, as I, as the Lord, sparked your memory? How many of you can think of somebody right now, or you already have, that's been a great influence in your life, and you've really not thought about them until just today? Your memory was sparked about them. Would you raise your hand? Would you? Would you? Can, Can I ask you to do something? Can I ask you to do something? Why don't you send them a note, a letter, a card, a call? Let them know how much you appreciate them. And then in turn, how about we be that kind of influence with others? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you again this morning. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for your word. I pray now that you'll help us. Lord, I pray you'll help us to put the right things into remembrance. Help us to dwell on the sweet side, learn from the bitter, and Lord, help us to realize we're making memories today pray you'll take this word and speak to our hearts. We'll thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people say it. God bless you. If you're visiting with us today, God bless you for being here. All of you online, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Tell somebody you love them before you leave. Be back tonight, 6 o'clock. God bless you.